12th verse to the 17th verse. word of God reads and they sought to lay hold on him but feared the people for they knew that he had spoken the parable against them and they left him and went their way and they sent unto him certain of the Pharisees and of the Herodians to catch him in his word and when they were come, they said unto him, Master, we know that thou art true, and thou carest for no man. For thou regardest not the person of men, but teacheth the way of God in truth. Is it lawful to give tribute to Caesar or not? Let me translate that for you. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Shall we give or shall we not give? But he, knowing their hypocrisy, said unto them, Why tempt ye me? Bring me a penny that I may see it. And they brought it. And he said unto them, Whose is this image and subscription? And they said unto him, Caesar's. Jesus answered and said unto him, them, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. I'm going to teach and preach from the subject this morning. Pay your bills. You may be seated. I need you to tell yourself, I owe. I owe. Father, in the name of Jesus, use me. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's face it. Nobody likes bills. Do I got any bill lovers in this house? But the fact is, we all have them. Better believe it. I really don't know why money is a touchy subject in the church. See, it's going to get quiet. Should have brought my amen button. But that's not the only touchy subject in the church. Politics. That's a real touchy. But, but both of these issues surround most of our lives and our decisions. And it is very irresponsible for a believer not to pay their bills. And at, not, at least be a little bit concerned with government. As stewards, we are to govern our business uh, well and above normal standards. We've been called to manage our time, our treasure, i.e. money, and our talents wisely. But first, we got to get rid of a get over, get by, get as much as we can mindset. Somebody say, talk to me. You can't say you're royalty and yet conduct business like a beggar. You can't be above, not beneath, the head, not the tail, lender, not the borrower, with a welfare get over selfish mentality. Who? Bills are a part of life. Government is a part of life. And in the kingdom of God, it's no different. Now, I know Christ paid it all on Calvary. He incurred our debt and satisfied God. But we owe him everything. Out of love, appreciation, and respect. Come on now. 
1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20 says, Don't you know that your body is not your own, but you were bought with a price? And if we begin to get the revelation of this truth, it will revolutionize the way we do business. We will begin to understand that when our steps are ordered, everything we do in those steps are ordered and designed by God. I'm preaching already. See, see, Sister Major, we want him to order our steps because we want to be the good man. A good man's steps are ordered by the Lord. Order my steps, Lord. But don't order my money. Don't order my politics. Just order my steps. (laughs) See, we the children of God have so over-spiritualized matters that we remove ourselves from places of influence and downplay the importance of these things. But remember, Moses was brought up in Pharaoh's house. He he knew about government. Y'all better help me. Moses, the one that God used to bring his people out. He knew there was something wrong because he was in to, he, he was he was in with what was going on and what was suppressing people. Y'all better come on. So we we understand that Moses was in a place of government. Y'all better help me. Not only was Moses brought, but what about Nehemiah? Remember Nehemiah, he was in a high place of government. As a cupbearer, when he saw the ruins of the wall, he said, because he he, he had a good place in government, he was able to gain favor and go ahead and rebuild the wall. Saul. Uh-huh. Before he got turned into Paul, was also in government, Roman government. Uh, Joseph, y'all better help me, was placed in a high place of governmental influence so to bring about the salvation of his family. And if I had to bring a sister in, it would be Esther who was placed in a high place of government for such a time as this. I don't know, but for somebody... It could just be your time. This text addresses some of the issues and some. And and now as we approach uh, close to the time of our Savior's crucifixion, the Jews must find a way to destroy Jesus. But they have to first destroy his fame with the people. And then they have to anger the government so that they have the, the Romans kill him. Because the Jews couldn't kill him. So they had to uh, do away with his popularity with the people. And bring about anger in government. So they set up a series of traps. Only one of which we're going to look at today. These three traps were set by three sex groups. That set the, Sadducees, no, the Pharisees and the Herodians, the Sadducees and the scribes. Now we're going to deal with these uh, Pharisees and Herodians. And that's, that should have already made your ears go up when I said that in itself. But let's go to work. Can we go to work? Don't forget what I said. Tell your neighbor, pay your bills. Then the chief priests and the teachers of the law and the elders looked for a way to arrest him because they knew that he had spoken the parable against him. Remember the last time we spoke and we were talking about how Jesus came and he told them about how they killed and they beat all the prophets that came before and how how the Jews would have knew that they were talking about them. He had set up, he had told them this parable, and the parable is supposed to hide truth. But Jesus, in his boldness, wasn't trying to hide this truth. He was telling them, look, y'all killed everybody that came before me, and y'all trying to kill me too. They understood that. Now, they knew that they spoke, he spoke this parable against them, so they, they, they were upset. They were looking for a way to trap them because just, just a little point. I'm going to give you a little points in the way until we get to the meat of what I really want to drop on you. But whenever you speak against somebody or something, you better be ready for an attack. Whenever you speak against someone, you got to be ready for the attack. Don't think 
that. That's why being a somebody that wrote up there, one of my friends, you know, I don't really know what he calls himself. But anyway, one of my friends he had put up on Facebook and said, you know, if you teach a Bible class, um, does that make you a pastor? Now, somebody chimed in and said, you know, you, it sounds like you're trying to put pastor above teacher and all the, but, you know, everybody has to look at everybody equal. And I said, hold up, sister. Wrong. I said, that's good biblical, you know, teaching because just because you teach a class doesn't make you a pastor. Because you can teach, but you can't lead. Everybody that teaches can't lead. I said, so you could be a teacher and not a pastor, but you can never be a pastor and not a teacher. Hmm. But when you're a teacher and when you're a pastor, you got to understand that you're going to say some stuff that's going to piss some people off. That's why I've learned in my short years of being a pastor that not everybody's sitting in these seats. You never know who's planning an attack. Let's keep looking straight ahead. I know who you are. No, I'm just kidding. I'm messing with you. Ain't nobody in here. I'm messing with you. Don't send me no text. Don't ask me no questions. Hey, Amen. I'm just letting you know. When you say something that doesn't go with the line of everybody's thinking, be ready for the attack. But they were afraid of the crowd, so they left them and they went away. They, they feared the crowd, so they left. They, they feared the crowd. They, the fear of the crowd caused them to go away, but the anger didn't go anywhere. Just because they ain't in your face don't mean they ain't thinking about you. I know you thought it went away, but it didn't go away. It just went away to plot. Come up with a plan. Because they're afraid of the people. They're not afraid of the Messiah. Don't you understand that people are more afraid of people than God? They'd rather please people than please God. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Never fear the crowd. Always fear God. You got to be willing to stand out. And stand alone if you're ever going to stand for Christ. So later, this is what they do. Let's look, let's look at them. Later, they sent some of the Pharisees and Herodians to catch Jesus in his words. This is the first trap. They want to catch him in his words. Underline that. They, they're trying to catch him in his words. <laughs> now, the thing about this is these two groups hate each other. They hate each other. On normal terms, you would never see the Pharisees and the Herodians. All right? Because the Pharisees were the most religious people. You know them people. You, you know them people, right, Kelly? You're just trying to have a conversation and they talking in tongues. Can you please? I just want to know what all the Cocoa Puffs is in. That's them people, the Pharisees. The Herodians, by, the, by their very name, they, were, they represented Herod. They, they, were, they were the type of Christians that you ain't really know was Christians. Okay, let me break it down for you. The, the Pharisees would be the ones cussing out next level because we rap in church. They, they, now you now you know. So for the Pharisees, we look like Herodians. Ooh. But they but they didn't have any dealings with each other until they had the same target. See, when when you disrupt stuff, people who don't like each other will start calling each other. 
Oh my God, y'all. I don't know. Maybe sisters can identify more. Than, I don't know, cause there's some petty men too. But um, you, you, you know, you know, you, she was your girl, and then all of a sudden on Facebook, she vibing with some other chick that you know she don't get down with. But now that they mad at you, they they shading on. Is that the word? Is that the right word? They throwing shade, maybe something new. Uh, help me, Tasha. <laughs> So that's what they're up to. They they come together. Listen, I know we don't rock, but we got to do something about this Jesus. And so we're going to set up a trap together. <laughs> and they came to him and they said, teacher, we know that you are a man of integrity and you're not swayed by others because you don't pay attention to who they are, but you teach the way of God in accordance with truth. Now I want you to know, saints of God, this is the MO of an enemy. You better help me. They flatter you. And even in their rebellion, they're, they're still speaking truth. Even in bad attention, intentions, they're speaking the truth. Oh, my God. You know how people come to you? Oh, my God, I just love you. It's funny. People tell you they love you one moment and stab you right there while they're telling you they love you. That's why you have to watch out for flattery. Listen, so in other words, they came to Jesus saying, we, we know you the man. Now look at what they told him. They said, they said, first of all, he's a man of integrity. Now integrity means to have the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles, moral uprightness. It's the state of being whole and undivided. Integrity is the thing that's going to get you blessed. Because the Bible says that a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Don't think that that man shall receive anything of the Lord. Be having to walk in integrity. And as, listen, Christians, listen, saints, we got to learn how to be people of integrity. Oh, in other words, our word has to be our... If you say something, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Yeah, come on, come on. Come on, help me. Stop stop being wishy-washy. You got to be a person of integrity. You got to be somebody that can be counted on at all times. And, and integrity, singleness of mind. Not one day this way, the next day you this way. The one way you fall me. One, and if I say something wrong, the next day you don't have nothing to do with me. You got to be a person of integrity. The Bible said God changes not. That even when we're faithless, he remains faithful because he is a man of integrity. That's theology. If you was in the class, you'd understand that God can't change. Now, God can see God is so much a person and a God of integrity that before he changes, he'll change everything. In other words, if you look at it and it's white, if God says it's blue, even if it's white, once he says blue, it'll turn blue. Cause y'all better help me. Y'all better help me. Cause whatever he says is what it is. Amen. So they said, we know that you're a man of integrity and you have no respect of person. In other words, he wasn't going to bend his response to tickle the ears of the people to gain favor with a particular group. Oh my God. Y'all remember like Peter did, or maybe you don't, but if you look at Galatians chapter 2, chapter 2, verse 11 through 13, this is when Paul had to rebuke Peter, Peter, the pinnacle of the church, yeah, denying Jesus Peter, cussing Peter, switchblade Peter, that Peter. The one he said upon this rock. <laughs> that Peter. Uh -huh. He said, but when Peter came to Antioch, I opposed him in public. I didn't take him behind doors. I didn't take him in the pastor's office. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. He said, I opposed him publicly because he was clearly wrong. 
before some men who had been sent by James arrived there, Peter had been eating with the Gentile believers. But after these men arrived, he drew back and would not eat with the Gentiles because he was afraid of those who were in favor of circumcising, circumcising them. The other Jewish believers also started acting like cowards along with Peter. And even Barnabas was swept along by this cowardly action. So the Jews came up to Jesus and said, we know that you're not going to be swayed by people. You don't regard the person of any man. In other words, we know you're going to tell the truth, Jesus. You're not going to sway, be swayed by public opinion. They're setting them up. Because you know how somebody comes to you and be like, oh, Michelle, you are a woman of God. You never lie. You are always there. You know they're getting ready for something, right? Because it's kind of hard to go any other way once they say, <laughs> once they come to you like that, right? Oh, pastor, you are the best pastor I have ever had. I love you so much, Pastor. You have been such a blessing in my life, pastor. Let me tell you. My lights got cut off. Okay, now, <laughs> I ain't gonna say that. now I'm the best pastor. I would be so bad if I don't pay these lights. So they said, listen, you, you don't have respect a person. And then they said, you teach truth. He not only teaches truth, but he is the truth. The way, the truth, and the life. Jesus couldn't be anything that he was not. So they got that right. But now here comes the dagger. Is it right to pay taxes or not? Now they know if he says no, that the Roman government is ready for him. This is the dagger of their plot. See, resentment by the Jews against the Roman poll tax and Roman interference in Jewish life led to one revolt in, C in 6 CE under the leadership of Judas the Galilean. Listen to this, y'all. This, in turn, led to the creation of radical Jewish groups which launched a rebellion, an insurrection. Who? From 66 through 70 CE, a rebellion and insurrection which ended with the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem and the beginnings of the diaspora of the Jews out of their ancestral lands. In other words, they were, they were being oppressed by this tax. And so they rose up and they stormed the capital. Okay, 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 I'm sorry. I just couldn't help it. They, 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 they stormed it because they were in opposition to what was going on in government. But the government had so, the Roman government came in and so squashed them that they threw them out of their own lands and they took over all. That's why Rome had invaded and took over that whole area. And now they, anything that was that, that smelt like an insurrection. They was going to squash it ASAP. ASAP. And so they're trying to get Jesus to go ahead and say something that they know the Roman soldiers will bring back to Caesar and then kill him because they'll say Jesus is one of these radicals and he's trying to raise up against the taxes. Oh, my God. So they say, and they didn't want to pay it in the first place. But they were paying it. I'm going to get to that in a minute. Somebody say, we're about to take off. Now I'm going to really mess with you. Oh, my God. Should we pay or shouldn't we? But Jesus, knowing their hypocrisy, said, why are you trying to trap me? So he says, bring me a denarius. Bring me a penny. Let me look at it. They brought the coin. They asked him, whose image is on it? And they said, well, Caesar's. Okay. Now, everybody in here, because we ain't got no broke church, so... Everybody in here just take out a dollar. If you got a dollar, you got a $5 bill. If you ain't got a dollar, $5 bill. If you got a penny, whatever piece of money you got, just take it out. You got some money? Look at this man. I'm just, mama never broke. Hey, man, she just ain't got it on her. All right, so now she got it on her. You keep the $5. All right, so I want you to go ahead and take out your bill, okay? 
and whose image is on it. I got I got Lincoln over here. I got some of y'all got George Washington. Some of you got who you got Washington? Who you got Russell? <laughs> Amen. Whosever image you got on it. Now check this out now. We're about to have church. Not yet, because I'm about to piss you off first, and then we'll have church after. Amen. Whoever image is on that piece of paper or that coin, it is not God's image. Whose image were we created in? No. See, God's image is not on money. But it should be in money. I'm going to let that sink in for about two seconds. I'm going to say it again in case you think I, that was a misquote. God's image is not on money. But his image should be in money. Hmm. In other words, can God be recognized in what you do with your money? I told you it was going to get quiet. If all you do with your money is about you, then your money is in the image of the world. And therefore, it is cursed. But if you glorify God with and in your finances, then it will be blessed. God is a giver. And if God is going to be glorified in your money, then you need to be a giver. Now, some have the wrong attitude when it comes to, to giving, especially in the church. So let me try to impart some wisdom. Blessings in the financial realm come through consistency. Listen to me. Comes through consistency and being a sower. And you don't sow only when it's convenient. You sow when it's the right season. But in every season there is a sowing because in every season there is a reaping. It's just you reap, reap different things in different seasons. Oh my God. Oh my God. So we got to get the right perspective about our money because we don't have it. Whose image is on this coin? Oh, Caesar's. Well, you've been made in the image of God. Now, I had to learn this. I, and I'm going to be very, very transparent in you. So, because I, I don't want to have to teach this again, I want you to get this. So, when I was in the world, right? Well, we, you know, you, you know the hustle. So, they would buy stuff, and you had to be consistent. You had to be on the block. At the time you were supposed to be on the block, you had to sell what you had to sell so that the money was consistent. The money had to be consistent. If it wasn't consistent, then there would be problems. You understand? So people were consistent about what they're doing when it's intentional for that money. Now, I'm, I'm trying to help you. Now, now, here's the thing. When you come into the church house, you have to be consistent. You have to be consistent with your money. See, you can't be a emergency giver. Because most people, when they're in tight or they want God to move in the area of their finances, that is the time they give. And God does not bless inconsistency because you're not faithful. See, every every. Every week, if I continue to just, every week, $5, $5, $5, that $5 is going to add up. And at the end of the day, it's going to be something because I was faithfully saving it. Right? That's, some of you are good with faithfully saving for what you want. But some of you are terrible about giving. Okay, okay, okay. So, so I, I sow personally, personally, 
I give to a few ministries, man. I give, I give to Tony Evans. I give to Noel Jones. I give to Jakes. I give to a few ministries. Consistently, I don't even see the money come out. It's just, it's on auto pay. Every, every week, every two weeks, money comes out. It goes straight to these ministries. I don't listen to t Tony Evans every day, but when I listen to him, I expect to glean because I sow. When I listen to Noel, I expect to glean because I sow. Whatever the ministries are doing, I am a part of that blessing that reaps on that ministry because of the fact that I sow into that ministry. And one of the things that we mess up with is that, okay, I, I, I really hate to do this, but I got to do it, is you'll wait for anniversary time and you'll be like, okay, well, I want to give to my leaders. I'm going to give to my leaders. And even then, some of your attitudes don't be right about the giving to the leaders. I'm just talking, if it ain't you, then uh, praise God, just wipe the dust off your shoulders. But if you have a bad attitude about giving to your leaders who've been sowing into your life 365 days of the year, then that is a bad attitude. Now, if you give, right, I would go at St. Mary's, I would give my tithe, I would give my offering, and if somebody was a guest preacher, I'd give for the guest, guest preacher because I'm sowing. I would just, I would just give, I would just give. It would be automatic. That is something. So you say you get comfortable, and you're like, well, that's my pastor. I'm not gonna give to him every week. I'll just wait for the anniversary. That's the wrong attitude, and that's why you ain't gleaning. I'm telling you the truth. You you can't give just when the preacher's preaching. You can't give just when the preacher's present. If he's your pastor, if he's your leader, you need to sow unto him every time you get blessed. Y'all not gonna say nothing. Y'all not gonna say nothing. I know it's gonna get quiet because you're not consistent. But every time you go to work, they automatically take FICA. They automatically take their taxes. They automatically take whatever else you're giving to, and then you're looking at this, and now you got to question God. And I ain't even talking about the tithe. I'm not even talking about the tithe, but say he about to talk about the tithe. You are, you are in rebellion if you are not tithing because God said if you want your money to be blessed, you have to tithe. It is a principle that God is setting forth. And now you want to become New Testament Christians when it comes to your money. But you want to be an Old Testament Christian when it comes to your health and when you want God to open the door. You cannot pick and choose. You cannot pick it. You, you have to be, if you are going to call yourself a sanctified, baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost believer, and then you're going to pick and choose what type of uh, blessings you're going to do or how you're going to be obedient, that is why God is picking and choosing what y'all not going to say nothing. But then you won't look at my house and wonder why my refrigerator is overflowing. Why can I continue to give? Why my car always got gas? Why are we not worried about putting our kids through college? Why you're not going to say nothing? Because we're givers. I go to restaurants. I tip to make people shout. I don't tip. Y'all better help me up in here. I give crazy tips. I tip like I'm a millionaire. And I ain't got that type of money. But I make a waitress and a waitress have to look back out and say, when are you coming back? See, some of you are wondering why God ain't making a way. I ain't saying nothing. Ain't that the truth? We, we was on vacation. We had waiters. Oh, we got that table today. You had them yesterday. It's my time. What? So I know when I come, the place could be packed. There could be no seat. If that waitress see me, I'm going to get a seat. They going to build a table. But you get good word every week. You've been growing off the word you've been getting. And some of y'all ain't leaving no tip on the table. And I'm going to tell you this. Don't tip me if you ain't tired. Oh, what pastor going to say that? Uh, you need to give God his.
So they said, give back to Caesar what Caesar's and give back to God what's God. Now, this is amazing because everything belongs to God. But since you're trying to trap me, I'm trying to, I'm trying to help you. That it's not a thing about separation of church and state. That's where we mess up. We think is we, we want to talk about separation of church and state. Now, I don't know you. You probably won't call me pastor, but just because we 501c, I don't take, we don't take advantage of tax privileges because we 501c. We pay taxes on certain things. Now, big items, houses and cars and buildings, we're going to take advantage. But there's some people who just want to be under a 501c so they don't have to pay taxes. But I don't want the government telling me nothing. Yeah, I, 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 I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't make this no clearer. So you got to understand that God sets up authority as he wishes, that even those who are in places of government have been set up. All positions are ordained and set up by God. They just have two different functions, two different functions. And what God, Christ is saying is you need to give the man what is the man's and you need to give God what's God's. I don't have a problem with the taxes. What I do have a problem with is that you've given the man more than you've given God. Because the man ain't going to ask you. He's going to take it. And you can complain about taxes all you want. In Connecticut, you're going to pay them. Or they're going to come take your stuff. Uh-oh, yeah, they still didn't catch it. You don't pay them, they come take your stuff. You ain't paying your tithes, and you wondering why they coming to take your stuff. Because the tither, God says, I will rebuke the devourer for his name's sake. But if you ain't a tither, you are open. I wish you would. I, I wish you would. I had to get this because I don't want to have a broke church. Don't nobody in here, we all want to, God's got things for us to do. He said wealth is ours, but we got to operate in the principles that God has ordained for us to operate in. Stop doing sneaky, trifling stuff. Stop trying to get over. Pay it. Looking for the loophole. Looking for the loophole. Somebody say your neighbor, oh, we're about to go to church. Say pay your bills because you owe. All right, let me let me get ready to close this wonderful message. So so they looked at him and they were amazed. They were amazed. They was like, oh my God. So he's telling us to pay the taxes to this oppressive government. Pay them. But what's even more important, give God what belongs to him. You pay your anthem bill. Because you need insurance for your health care. But if God ain't bring you out that hospital. You don't praise insurance. You praise God for bringing you out. You ain't going to say nothing. You say thank God that you got groceries. You don't thank God for the money to pay. You thank God that he put rain on the earth. To grow the groceries. Y'all better. Can I get some help up in here? Church, we got bills. And you can't deny the bills. So let me help you. I'm going to show you how to get out of your trouble. The first thing is you got to acknowledge you got a bill. You can't just put it in the drawer. You can't just rip it up and act like it don't exist and let debt build up. Ooh. What? So if I got a bill and I ain't got enough money to pay the bill, step two, make a plan. Somebody say payment plan. Make arrangements. You want to keep it from going into collections. <laughs> Which in turn can mess up your credit. See, you saying I don't care about it because I don't own nothing. 
You ain't gonna never own nothing. Cause your credit ain't actually adding up. Ooh. If you pay your bills, all they wanna know is you paying them. Arrangements. And then it won't mess with your credit. Y'all better help me. I ain't teaching. I, it took me a while to get past me. Boy, I got a credit score of over 100, 800. My credit score is over 800. Somebody say, go ahead. Uh, somebody say, drip, 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 drip. I need that to drip, drip. Some of y'all 600 better say drip, drip. That's right. I remember when I said, baby, you put this in my name. I need a co-signer. I ain't co-signing nothing. My wife said she wasn't going to co-sign for me. People get divorced when the wife said, okay, we a team. You ain't going to co Nope. And then I went and I found out I had some credit. I don't need a co-signer. The problem is, watch this, take action. Don't make bills you can't pay. Because just because you got the credit and you could go out there and get a Range Rover with a $700 payment when you only making $500 a month, dummy. Stop making bills you can't pay. Okay. I thought we were supposed to be in church. What that got to do with anything? <laughs> he messing with my money. I'm going to tell you why. Here's the kicker. The best thing to do is put it on auto pay. Okay, let me let me bring it into the church. Auto praise. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You don't wait because you already know Christ paid everything and you owe. So he don't have to perform because I already got a bills stacking up. Oh, I see. I'm I ain't talking to a perfect church. I know I got some people in here that made some mistakes last night. That's why you got to put your praise on auto pay. You don't come in here acting like you got it going on. Because if it comes out automatically, God say, I got you covered. Oh, Y'all better help me. Oh, no. See, see, give God what's God's. Put it on auto pay. Because if I have to look at it, God, it is a big possibility I might not give it up. That's why he told me to put my eyes to the hills from which cometh my help. I can't look at the bill because I ain't got enough to pay what's coming in my life. But if I go ahead and put it on auto praise. God will go ahead and go ahead and give you overflow. He'll go ahead and make it so your cup runneth over. So that you have enough for you and your uh, why? Because it's on auto praise. Y'all better help me. That's why I can go ahead and help others because my praise is on auto pay. I'm giving God what belongs to God. I will never give man what belongs to God. Do I got anybody in here that know what I'm talking about? See, now, I told you I was going to mess with you and hold the offering to last. Because some of y'all came in here without the tithe and without the offering. Y'all better help me up in here. If this was a conference, I'd have a $500 line. <laughs> What? Because some of you got to rethink some stuff now. Uh huh. But you ain't have to rethink Popeyes. You ain't have to rethink uh, what? What? Disney World. You ain't have to repeat what? What? I ain't got to help you. I got this. This money's for this. I, I got this for this. I'm almost there. And then here comes something. 
knock you upside in, then you got to save all over again. And you trying to act like, well, God, I know I ain't paid last month. Well, I'm going to make it up. I'll just double up, Nick. You a liar. You ain't going to double up on nothing. You ain't even got double up. You, when you ain't got <laughs> you ain't got single up, how you going to double up? You better help me up here. So, <laughs> Jesus didn't fall for that trap. And I love it, he said, because it was a, a bad, it doesn't even matter. You could, you could hate the leader. That ain't got nothing to do with my blessing. Listen, I, if I'm under something, I'm going to bless it because God put me under it to get blessed. So it's not going to be contingent. That's the thing about auto pay. It's not, it's not contingent on circumstances. Because it don't care about your circumstance. And all he's asking for is what I poured into you. He's not asking for nothing he didn't give you. When my, when my nerve got pinched and I couldn't even walk, I had to walk around with, with the crutch and I couldn't go to work, he'll, always, he'll make favor. Do you know I didn't have to use no time? My boss, the favor that I got in my workplace, I was, I was good. When COVID shut down school, they kept, can, we, can I get a witness? We ain't lose a paycheck. We ain't lose nothing. Not a thing while people worrying about how God's got us. He said, everything your hand touch, I'll bless it. And then he said, I'll bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. What? You got to tap into that, especially in these days and times. When you don't know, you could go to work Monday and they tell you, sorry, we don't need you. And the first place you're going to go is to your knees. God, you're going to have to make a way. You're going to have to open a door. But if you ain't sowing, if you owe, I told y'all that. No, I owe Michelle $500. I ain't going to ask her for no $40. Michelle, I know you. I need $40. Um, what about that $500 you owe me? Well, see, what had happened was, but the Lord turned the things around for me. You know, messed up your integrity. I ain't giving you $40. And forty dollars gonna burn on fire in my pocket before I give it to you. You all gonna <laughs> help me up here. But gotta be testing you. Are you gonna give? That's why you gotta get into the economy so that you can give without expecting it back. Don't come to me asking me, can you borrow some money? Then I might have to put the hitman out on you and I don't want to do that. I'm just going to give it to you. But if I give it to you, you should at least, when you get it, you know, when I get my income tax. <laughs> How many people still got people owe money from last January? You ain't going to say nothing. <laughs> you can't even find them come in with income tax time. They getting stimulus checks running as soon as they get that 250 can't find them. You find them on off weeks. <laughs> Never on week two, always on week one. <laughs> I'm sorry, pray for me. We got to get out of that mentality. We got to break that. And the way to break that is go in and give till it hurts. I want everybody to give a thousand dollar offering right now. Come on. <laughs> I'm just kidding. See, look at you, scared. 
I want to get to a place where I say, and y'all say a thousand, that's it. Ten. Andrew going to be the first one million dollar offer. Bam. God can trust him with it. He's a giver. God can't trust some of y'all with that. And the church said, we're going to get ready to receive our offering. And our tithes. And our love offering. want everybody to come up one at a time. We are going to examine what you're giving. <laughs> oh, my God. Jesus knew that lady gave Penny. How'd he know? He was watching that plate. <laughs> that lady gave everything. <laughs> oh, my God. No, y'all, I, I, I'm, at a, I'm at a season where I could, I could teach this. Everything is in God's timing, you know, understand? Because we don't want nobody thinking, oh, all of y'all already know it ain't all about the money. But you need to be consistent. There's no reason for you to be a child of God and be struggling in your finances. And some of you are so well off, but you still ain't a giver. Ask God to change your heart. Ask God to change your heart. Oh, he didn't. He didn't say what, how much. He just said consistency. Do you know? I still have offering envelopes from Tory and the kids who gave me quarters. I never opened it. Somebody put dollars in it. I never opened it because it was from their heart. And said, "I love you, Pastor." It's, uh, you just don't understand. You just don't understand. It's appreciation. You should appreciate people who are sowing in your life. It's, it does something when you feel appreciated. Ain't that right? Ain't that right, young people? When I go ahead and give you that gospel handshake and you don't know it's coming, you're like, oh, Pastor, really? He appreciates it. It may not be much, but you be happy about that, don't you? Go ahead, you better say something, dear. I tell you, you won't dance again up in there. You better say something. Give God some praise. Well, all of y'all, every one of y'all got a little Holy Ghost handshake. Y'all little kids, stop playing with me. You're like, oh, that's right on time. <laughs> that ain't church money. That's my money. I better go ahead and give me some bread. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm messing with y'all. <laughs> oh, God is good. All right, so if you're giving, if you're giving online, you're giving um, in person, then we're going to play a selection, and we're going to ask that you come, and we're going to get ready to prepare our hearts for communion. Amen.